Hello, and welcome in to the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I know that it's been a minute. I just wanted to catch you up. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to uh, record a podcast in a while. I've had a lot of different things uh, going on personally. Uh, you know, I'm in graduate school right now. That just finished for the semester, so I'm, I'm glad about that. You know, uh, Madeline and I are getting married in September, which uh, still seems really far away and really close at the same time. So, um, yeah, that. But yeah, there's just been a, there's been a lot of different things going on. So I'm super excited that I'm able to do this again. Um, and thank you for tuning in. Um, also, I just want to say, does anybody need me to take pictures of them? I mean, does anybody like any sort of graduation photos? Uh, uh, future baby photos, uh, engagements, um, anything. Uh, maybe your church needs new uh, staff pictures for the website uh, or or anything. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm itching to get out there more and take more pictures. Uh, and as always, uh, I prioritize doing this at a uh, cost that works for everyone. Um, and so I you know, photography is expensive. Uh, Madeline and I are getting married. I know that for a fact that, uh, photography, videography, that type of stuff, it's, it's very expensive. And honestly, it's expensive for good reason. Um, if, if you want to be a full-time photographer in Nashville and be able to, you know, have a place to live, you have to charge a lot of money because it's very expensive to live in Nashville. Um, but yeah, all that said, I would love to take your picture. If you know anybody that's looking for, uh, photography, maybe they're looking for somebody to do it on the cheap. Um, let me know. I would love to, to help out Michael Klinger photography. Uh, you can slide in my DMS. You can like the Facebook page. Uh, that would be awesome. So on today's episode of the podcast, uh, I have just like a, a rundown of everything that's happening uh, in the right now segment. I got uh, TV check-in, sports check-in, uh, a brief dabble into politics. Uh, I don't even know if I could call what I really talk about to be politics, but I feel like it's in that vein. Um, and then after uh, the right now segment, um, I talk about a, a, I feel like what is a pretty commonly held sentiment um, about church. It's the quote, I don't really get anything out of going to church. And I talk about, uh, talk about that, maybe some, some whys and that type of thing. So, um, anyways, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Uh, if you don't subscribe, uh, you don't have to, but it would be pretty freaking cool if you did. So, uh, go ahead and subscribe. That would be cool. Uh, if you have anything you want to get my take on, you know, I'm here, <laughs> not that you want it, but you're listening to this. So you might, um, anyways, uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a good one. This is right now. Right now. In the television world, Madeline and I have been re-watching Survivor Seasons. I think we've probably watched maybe six. We've watched China. We've watched Micronesia, so that's Fans vs. Favorites 1. We've watched David vs. Goliath, Token Teens, Samoa, Game Changers. Those are not in the order we watched them. We've watched them in kind of a weird order. But we just finished Survivor 
Micronesia, fans versus favorites, two nights ago, and Madeline said it is the favorite season for her that we have watched. She liked it better than all the rest. Of course, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but so many great characters in Survivor Fans vs. Favorites, and guess what season we're going to watch next. That's right. Perhaps the most famous season of all time, Survivor 20, Heroes vs. Villains. We've got a lot of characters that we've seen before now. I've been putting this off so that we could see a lot of the main characters and that she can enjoy it perfectly. I'm hopeful. I'm excited for Survivor Heroes versus Villains. The rewatch is going to be great. If you are not keeping track of uh, Rob Has a Podcast, if you don't know about that, if you're a Survivor fan, you don't know about Rob Has a Podcast, uh, check it out. They are doing a uh, full rewatch. Uh, they are breaking down one season a week, and it's not in order. They are being ranked. They've been ranked by fans. So that's pretty interesting stuff if you're a Survivor fan. Uh, I mean, these are like four-hour-long podcasts that are breaking down everything that happens in the season, all the characters, and it's just really, really fun if you're a Survivor fan. So go check that out. Another thing that Madeline and I have been watching is season two of The Circle on Netflix. And I can truly say that I loved season one. But guess what? I like season two more. All right, season two of The Circle has some awesome characters. Uh, In fact, it has a character in it that's from Too Hot to Handle, if you watched that. Of course, I watched Too Hot to Handle. Madeline and I, we just can't resist watching shows like that. So season two of The Circle has been awesome. The season season finale is coming out this week. They didn't release them all at the same time this year. So they've been doing them like four episodes every Wednesday, and the season finale comes out this Wednesday. So we're definitely going to have to check that out. I've got a few people I'm rooting for, uh, but season two has been better than season one. If you watch The Circle, feel free to DM me about uh, who your favorite players are, who you're rooting for, all that type of stuff. I'd love to talk about that with you. All right, here's a show that might not be on your radar. Cruel Summer. All right, it is on Freeform, so I know what you're thinking. Seriously, Michael is recommending a show on Freeform, and I'll admit, I was skeptical at first, but Madeline watched the first two episodes by herself. She recommended that I watch them, and I must say, I am completely in on this show. Like, there's a lot of intrigue, mysteriousness, and I'm completely in on Cruel Summer. Uh, Madeline described it as 13 Reasons Why mixed with Little Fires Everywhere. So I have not seen Little Fires Everywhere, but I have seen 13 Reasons Why. And I can say it's not as... um, Maybe not as uh, problematic as 13 Reasons Why so far. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Cruel Summer. It's on Freeform, which means, like, it. it's not, like, as... If, if you're a parental controls person out there, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't let my uh, 10-year-old watch it. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. I, well, I can't say that it's a great show, but I'm definitely in on it. But do you know what's a worse show? Then Cruel Summer, that I'm also completely in on. Big Sky on ABC. 
the amount of ads that I saw for it watching The Bachelor, uh, I just I had to see what it was about. And ads work. There you go. Advertisers, it works. Um, but I'm in on this show. Uh, there's a the villain uh, it's that has been carried over to the back half of season one. Um, it's I'm not enjoying the back half of season one as much as the front half. But, you know, I think there's definitely room for it. It's not great television, folks. It's not great television. But I'm in on it. All right. Transferring out of the world of television and into the world of sports. The NBA. I will likely do a full pod on the NBA soon. Kind of a a season wrap and a a playoff preview. Um, So I'm going to save my postseason award projections until then. Uh, But maybe I'll tease you here. So I've got MVP as of today and likely forever, Nikola Jokic. What he's been able to do with Murray out the past two weeks has only cemented what I already thought about him. He is an amazing player, and I'm so glad that it's get finally getting fully recognized this season. Um, I'm, I think that he is amazing. They did lose to the Lakers last night. The Lakers had to have that W, and LeBron didn't play, and the Lakers still found a way to get it done. So hats off to them. I'm not going to pick against the Lakers. Uh, I just don't think I can do it. This happens has happened so many times where LeBron isn't the one seed. People are, you know, freaking out. LeBron's washed. Like he, hey, I I would at this point I'm just gonna say it's it's like Tom Brady with me now. I'm gonna bet on them not to lose until they lose. Once they lose, I'll admit that they lost. But until that happens, I just can't get there. I can't get there. So uh, full pod on the NBA coming soon. Joel and I went to Memphis for the Grizzlies game against the Knicks last night, which unfortunately the Grizzlies lost. And here's the best part of the game last night. I got this super cool shirt. So they have every game. They have like item of the game in the uh, like Jersey shirt fan store. And I got this shirt $15 off because it was the item of the game and it's a Ja Morant rookie of the year shirt and it is awesome. So I'll definitely be donning that around town. You can catch me out in my Ja Morant rookie of the year shirt. Yeah, but they lost uh, to the Knicks and Joel was kind of smack talking Julius Randle early on in the game and he started lighting us up their uh, second quarter and into the second half. But do you know who really killed us? Derrick Rose, he had 25 points last night. And it was 10 years to the day that he won MVP. And he's still out here scoring 25 points. And it was kind of like a homecoming because, you know, he he went to the University of Memphis, a lot of Derrick Rose fans in the Memphis area. Uh, But, yeah, that was – it was unfortunate. And I'll just say one more thing, man. I cannot wait to get back to full arenas. Like I've gone to several live sporting events in the past month and uh, it's not the same. It's, it's a live sporting event. So it's still awesome, but I cannot wait to be in a crowded place with a ton of people again 
and uh, I'm, I'm, I just, I want it to happen. Everybody get that, that vaccination business going uh, so that, that we can get back to filling up these massive arenas that we built. What's going to happen to massive arenas? What's going to happen to concerts? Everybody, get your vaccines. All right. Moving on from the NBA, I want to talk about the Titans draft, the NFL draft a little bit. Um, so the Titans, uh, they had some picks, obviously. Some I liked, some I didn't. Um, clearly, I didn't like in hindsight, their pick of Rashad Weaver, um, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details, uh, but he has some uh, very uh, problematic news come out about him in the last couple days and uh, uh, some allegations. Uh, so I'm not really going to comment on it, but yeah, that's that's a real bummer for the Titans. They said they didn't know anything about it uh, when they drafted him, and I believe him because if they did know, why would they have drafted him? So bummed about Weaver, and let's be real. I'm a homer on this, so I'm going to say that I like four of their picks, and I hadn't heard of three of them before we picked them. So let's let's be honest. And just say that I'm being a homer right here. This is not uh, amazing analysis. This is homer takes from me. But number one, I like Caleb Farley. Is that who I really wanted the Titans to draft going into Thursday night? No. But if he is what I think he can be and what the Titans believe that he will be based on them drafting him, he is going to be a centerpiece of a strong Titans defense for years to come. And that is exciting. I love all of his quotes. Um, I actually saw him just now on a clip on like Chris Collinsworth's podcast, but he was saying that, you know, people are just scared of Tyreek Hill and I'm not scared of Tyreek. Like, Hey, you know what? Uh, more power to him. I hope that does not age badly. Um, so yeah, I'm in on Caleb Farley. Uh, hope that he's ready to go by training camp. Uh, the tackle that we drafted in the second round. Hey, uh, Reduns, we need a good tackle. Uh, based on the amount of times that offensive linemen go down for a series or two or games at a time, uh, we really need to sure up that other side. Uh, I'm hoping that he can be a guy who can start for years to come. Um, and then two more. Elijah Molden, cornerback from University of Washington. If he's able uh, to be a good slot guy for us, that's going to be really, really meaningful and impactful uh, for a Titans defense that's that really needs to get it going. And Des Fitzpatrick, wide receiver from the University of Louisville. Um, I watched his highlights. Now, let's be fair. These are highlights, meaning all that I saw was him making good plays. But it looks like he has the type of speed we might need in the slot. I mean, a lot of the highlights were him catching screen passes and taking it 50 yards to the house. Uh, You know, against ACC opponents, like he wasn't playing against, you know, D3 guys out there. So... I'm hopeful for the Titans draft. Um, Something else that happened on NFL draft night, I guess it was technically before the day, before the draft. So it was NFL draft day. Aaron Rodgers says he's not coming back to Green Bay. All right. 
I uh, sympathize with and if with uh, professional athletes who get drafted to a place and they're under contract for long periods of time and they have to stay. Um, but can I just say that I think this is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, y'all were in the NFC Championship game last year. It's not like you have terrible coaching. It's not like you have terrible teammates. Honestly, if you put his receivers and running backs up against the rest of the NFL, they're at least average, if not above average. I mean, I like their receivers, he has Devontae Adams. I mean, that's Devontae Adams is better than A.J. Brown. I'm sorry, Titans fans, but it's the truth. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm so mad about this. This is so stupid. Uh, just, I'm all for, like, players doing what they want to do, uh, but you're under contract, dude. And I know that, yeah, they have no loyalty to me when they don't want to. That's true. But you're under contract. That's the business. It's a bad, like, it's bad business. I agree. But you're under contract. Your team was in the NFC Championship. Y'all don't suck. Like, you could easily win a Super Bowl this season with that team. And you're out here demanding to be traded or have the GM fired. And come on, man. I come on, man. Descend the NBA, and it is a thing that I think is probably hurting fans of the Packers. It hurts NBA fans all the time. Uh, you know, I'm as a Grizzlies fan. I'm so hoping that in f- three, four years, we don't have John Morant demanding a trade out of Memphis. We don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. demanding a trade out of Memphis. Uh, I like. It hurts my heart. Come on, guys. Come on, stick it out. All right. So here are, back to the draft, my quarterback rankings. First round quarterbacks, one through five, how I think they'll pan out in the NFL. So, number one. I'm going. Lawrence. Look, I cannot pick against draft experts. Don't get me wrong. I thought about it. Trevor Lawrence is allegedly the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, who was really, really good. And I I thought about taking my number two over him, but I didn't because there's a lot of guys who've watched a lot more football than me who are pretty consensus about him being the best one. So I'll, I'll let that slide. Number two. This is not in the order they were drafted. This is my rankings. Number two, Justin Fields. I saw everything that I needed to see in the playoff game against Clemson this past season. I saw everything that I needed to see. Not only did he outplay Trevor Lawrence, but he was looking like a guy that anybody on that team would want to go to battle for. He took a nasty hit in his midsection and he was hobbled by it. He was clearly in pain and he kept going out there and making all the throws on the field. I loved what I saw from Justin Fields. I cannot fathom that he fell to being the fourth quarterback drafted. He was consensus number two, six months ago. And that's just the craziness of the draft. So number one, Trevor Lawrence, number two, Justin Fields, 
Number three. Once again, this is not in the order that they were drafted, but I got Trey Lance. Trey Lance is by far the biggest upside guy in this draft. Uh, I think that he brings a lot to the table. He's super raw. He hasn't, he's, he didn't even start a ton of games at the college football level. But when I look at his athletic ability, his arm strength, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to have him going good. So I'll take Trey Lance third, Zach Wilson from BYU fourth. Look, I know he got drafted second overall. Second quarterback, second drafted overall by the Jets. I surprisingly watched a lot of BYU games the past couple years when he was starting quarterback, and this is what I thought about him. He is a good college quarterback. He is a good college quarterback. He's a little bit small. I didn't always love his decision-making, but he was a really, really good college quarterback. He wasn't always playing against great competition at BYU. And I definitely think he has a huge arm. He's got allegedly a lot of traits. But especially with him going to the Jets, I think this take will age pretty well. Like I don't really see him being a top two guy from this draft class. Maybe top three. I don't see a top two. And fifth, Mac Jones. Patriots fans, I'm sorry. I'm happy for you that you got him because I think he might, he might pan out all right. But I think the expectations on Mac Jones have gotten way out of hand. You know, we, so he was behind Tua and Jalen Hurts at Alabama. And Tua obviously was heralded as this amazing quarterback. And so far in the NFL, we haven't really seen that. I'll be honest. He's going to have to be better than Tua and better than Jalen Hurts in order to be viewed as a successful NFL quarterback um, as far as this draft goes. And I, I don't really see that happening. So that's my final rankings on these quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. All right. Last up in sports, I'm going to talk a little bit of MLS here for a second. So we in Nashville are in our second team with a major league soccer team, Nashville SC. It's very exciting. I've watched every second of all three games. We have three draws this year. Three draws. Now, the first two were explainable draws. We got down 2-0 early because we weren't ready to play, and we were all over them after we getting down 2-0, and we drew both games 2-2. This last game, uh, Inter-Miami didn't have a few players. Uh, We just really struggled to generate solid chances. Uh, We still dominated possession. We were all over the field. But when it came to getting possession in a scoring position, we really couldn't do it. And that was a little bit disheartening. That was a little bit disheartening because we've been down 2-0 against the other two teams. The other two teams have been packing it in and we've still been generating chances, but we weren't able to on Sunday. And that was a little bit concerning for me. All right, moving on from the world of sports, 
Let's move into the world of politics. Psych, I don't really have any thoughts on much that's happening right now. Uh, I will say the Tennessee State Legislature, some of the quotes that come out of those meetings pretty concerning. But uh, you can look that up for, your, for yourself. Um, and uh, I'll also say this. If anyone saw the Tucker Carlson rant about mask wearers, that was one of the more ridiculous things that, that I have, I've heard. Um, it's one thing to not wear a mask, not like think that people that wear masks, they don't need them. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can at least understand. Like if I feel like most people, whatever your views on masks, I think most people, they, see someone who has a different view than them. And it's pretty clear what your views are wearing one, not wearing one. You see someone who has a different view than you. And in your head, you think, man, I wish they thought had my viewpoint on this. I wish they wore a mask. I wish they didn't wear a mask. But I think for the most part, we're, we're to a place in the discourse where you don't just go and tell someone, Hey, Unless you work at the place and it's your job, you don't really tell someone, hey, put your mask on or, hey, take that mask off. You don't need it. And the Tucker Carlson rant was ridiculous. Talking about calling child protective services if they see a kid outside wearing a mask. Like, what on earth? I feel like his main thing is like, people are going to... call me an extremist no matter what. So I might as well be an extremist. Like, look, everybody with the discourse. I understand people have different views, but if, 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 if you're like calling the authorities on people that, that have different views than you, that's gone way too far. That's gone way too far. Um, if you're worried about your health, if you, if you, if you, are a, a, a big mask wearer and you're, you're I respect that. Uh, I have been a big mask wearer as well uh, at times. Uh, I'm, I'm half vaccinated. I will be fully vaccinated soon. Uh, at that point, uh, I can't say that I'll be like thrilled to be wearing a mask all the time. But um, if, if, if you have a disagreement with someone a disagreement with someone about the masks. Um, that that person honestly probably doesn't need your take. They probably don't need your take at this point. I'll just say that. So, um, so that's it about right now. That's what's happening right now. All right, so as well on this episode, I wanted to talk about a sentiment that that I've heard uh, many times, actually. Um, A lot of times it's not said directly to me, but I feel like it's a sentiment that a lot of people hold about church. And uh, I just I just wanted to talk about it uh, a little bit, just kind of just kind of get some get some thoughts, feelings out there. If you if you have thoughts about this. Um, I would love to hear them. Uh, 
so so here's the deal. Uh, I, I have heard in the past uh, week uh, of uh, you know the sentiment of I just don't get anything out of church. I just I just don't get anything out of it. And this was not a new sentiment to me. I've I've heard this uh, this feeling before, and. I think that those people are sincere in saying that, honestly. I think they probably uh, don't get anything out of church. They, they go to church. They, don't, they, they feel no different when they leave than when they entered. Um, and I just kind of wanted to address perhaps the why people might feel that way. So I think uh, in our culture, in our society, um, church is a thing that happens uh, on Sundays. Uh, People go to church and uh, they get there and they sing songs. And and this is COVID excluding, you know, like uh, uh, pre-pandemic, this was a common common theme. Um, You know, go to church, sing songs, hear uh, someone talk for you know, 15 to 35 minutes, maybe even longer. And, uh, you know, so, uh, many church traditions, you know, you, you, you take communion uh, or Eucharist, uh, uh, bread, wine, and uh, you sing some more songs and you, you go home. And uh, this is what I think going to church means for a lot of people. And I think I had a lot more of a similar view. I didn't have this view, uh, but I think I could understand it a lot more before we were forced to not go to church for months, a year, um, in person. And it's the truth of the matter is... I think if all of us only sang songs and listened to someone talk and ate a small amount of bread and drank a little bit of grape juice on a Sunday, I think that many of us would report that we do not get anything out of church. I think that's the truth. And... I think that's because we have a fundamental misunderstanding of what church is, uh, what it should be. Um, you know, I work for a church, so this is not anything that should be unexpected uh, to come out of my mouth. But I, I actually value uh, being a part of a church very, very highly. Um, it makes a, uh, huge difference, uh, in the way that I feel, um, because, because of this, not because of the sermons, not because of the songs, um, not because of the piece of bread that we eat or the small amount of grape juice that we drink, uh, really church makes a difference in my life because, 
it is one of the few things that I think I can count on to, to happen every single week. Uh, there is a beauty in connecting with a group of people every single week. And I think that uh, in my experience, when I was in college, I didn't understand why that was so good and such a beautiful thing because I was in college and I was seeing the same people every day. And it was awesome. Um, And then we get out into the world and we have different jobs and uh, it's really easy to get out of that rhythm. You know, people get married, people have children, people move out of town. It's really, really, really reassuring to me to know that I have a social structure that can be counted on every single week. That is open invitation, um, that it's not invite only, it is just a place that I can count on to be every single week. And I can count on that other people will be there too and we will connect. It's so much more about a connection into a community of people than it is a place to sing songs and listen to someone talk. I could honestly argue that there would be benefits, and this is what I believe, this is what I believe, that there are benefits to being part of a church, even if you do not believe in God. I think an atheist could still benefit from being a part of a church, because there is a mental, emotional health benefit of having a social structure that you can be, that you can count on being there every single week, that you can go and you will see many of the same people every week. That is such a beautiful thing. And then when it expands beyond just people that you're seeing once a week and it's becoming your friends and it's becoming your de facto family, that is an even better thing. But I think for many people in our society, in our culture, church has literally just become a place where we walk in the door, maybe during the first song, and we leave during the last song. And I completely understand that. I'm not a huge Strangers fan, if I'm being honest. That's not something that, that I always seek out. Uh, in, in social settings, I'm not like, I want to meet a bunch of new people today because I, I don't, honestly, I don't know many people like that. And so I truly believe that finding that community to connect to is hard work. And I have so much respect for people that are able to go into a place and put in the hard work of getting to know people. And I think that churches should bear the burden of that more than the individuals that are coming in. 
You know, that's, that's, a, that's what I try to do at our church. I try to be mindful of people who are, are new. I try to encourage uh, other people in our church to connect with people who are new and may not know anyone there because it's really, really hard. It's really, really hard to connect in a new place. And I understand that. But I just want to say, of course you don't get anything out of it. Of course you don't get anything out of church. Uh, it's maybe one of the, the many things in life where you get out of it what you put into it. Um, there's like very, very few people in the world who are wise enough that you probably want to just go and sit and listen to them talk. And it's just a one-way relationship, just them talking, you listening, you smiling, saying thank you, and leaving, and that's beneficial. There's probably very, very few people in the history of the world that are so wise that that is a meaningful experience. Um, to me, it's so much more important what happens in the 30 minutes before the quote-unquote worship service starts and the 30 minutes after quote-unquote worship service ends. So I just want to encourage everyone. Um, I completely understand why it might feel like you don't get anything out of church. And I, I have felt that way too. I've, I've gone to a many a worship service and felt like, meh, wasn't that awesome? I feel the same. But guess what? There are people that are much, much older than me, and there are people that are much, much younger than me, and they're meaningful people in my life only because of church. There is an insane level of social value to being a part of a church. And I think that the connections that you make, you know, this is like the corniest thing ever because like there's that saying, like it's not about the destination, it's about the journey or it's about the friends you made along the way. Well, that's, that's what church is. It's not about the 30 minute sermons. It's about catching up with the people that you see every single week that are your adopted family. That's what church can be. And that's what I hope church is. And I I say all of that while saying I completely understand why people feel like they don't get anything out of church. And I think churches are imperfect. And a lot of people say, I can never be part of that church. They believe this thing. They think that, that, that those people are bad or that this thing that I do is wrong and it's not. And I understand that. And I think that church has not always been a safe place for everyone. And I mourn that and I lament that and I regret having been a part of any anything that would affect someone like that. But I must say, there will never be a group of people that you are 100% in unison with. 
you can't even find a spouse that you'll agree with about everything. How could you expect a group of 50 people or more to agree on everything? There's so much value to being around people that have different views than you. And I totally agree that sometimes you cannot be around someone who thinks a certain thing because it's literally harmful to other people. And I agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is, it's so easy to give up when we don't feel a personal benefit. That's kind of what we do as a culture. We live in this heavy individualist society where everything I do should be beneficial to me. Uh, And we even serve and we even do service projects and we volunteer because why? Because I feel better and that's okay. That's great. Like that's not a bad reason to volunteer or serve. But what I'm saying is being in a community is not always easy but it pays very, very positive long-term dividends. And I'm, I'm so thankful that we're going to be able, that my church is going to be able to meet in person soon. And we're going to get back into that rhythm of seeing each other every single week. I'm so excited about that because it's, it's not the same through, through a computer screen because guess what? A lot of Sundays, 30 minutes of someone talking isn't going to do much for us. But it's the conversations, it's the connections, it's the smiles, it's the hugs, it's the tears, it's connecting with other people. That is why church is worth it. And we get out of church in large part what we put into it. So that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I would love to hear any thoughts someone has about it. Uh, you can DM me or reach out, email me, whatever. Um, all right. That's it for today. I hope that you have a great week and I will see you soon.